Coming up this week on Breaking Badness, today we discuss Poke the Fancy Bear. France accuses the APT group known as Fancy Bear of targeting think tanks, government systems, and universities. Next up, Home of the Swapper. We're talking about the unusual union of the sim swappers known as the Com and the Eastern European ransomware group known as ALFB. And of course, our fun game, Gold Guidance and Grievances. With that, Breaking Badness is next. Welcome to Breaking Badness, episode number 171, recorded on October 30th, 2023. I'm your co-host, Callie. I'm so fancy, bear, fencil. (laughs) And with me is co-host Taylor. You need to calm down, Wilkes Pierce. And last but not least, Tim, sacre bleu team helming. Welcome, everybody. Hey. Oh. Good names, everybody. Yeah, that's, that's a good one, Tim. I like that one. I can't oh. believe we're already at 171. I thought we were at 170. <laughs> we were, but that was last week. We were. Tim messaged me earlier going, um, I think we're on 171. And I go, that can't be true. But <laughs> it Impossible. is true. Sacre bleu. Sacre bleu. Does anybody know what sacre? I could look this up. I realize that, but you're right here. What does sacre bleu mean? Like sacred blue, blue yeah, sacred. Yeah, and I forget or holy blue. Yeah, yeah. Either way, I have looked that up before, and I have known, but it fell out of my brain. Mm, yeah, I remember somebody asked in uh, high school French class, and it was so long ago. I don't remember the answer. Yeah. But uh, it's it's fun. So if you're listening and you know the answer, um, even though we could look this up, like we will not. No, call we in. Won't. <laughs> Please call in. Call now. We're standing by. Well, <laughs> so it turns out, you know, it's so easy to to do this. I just I had to refresh my memory. So it's a sort of a deliberate corruption of sacre sacre dieu which would mean holy god but you're not you know if you're following the ten commandments you're not supposed to say that so it's kind of like saying fudge oh or if you if you're a napoleon dynamite fan what the flip (laughs) (laughs) that's interesting yeah i I like that a lot Do, do you promise you just uh you didn't look it up quickly no, no, I, I did. No, oh, I, I promised okay. that I absolutely oh, did look it okay. up. Okay, I, I thought you, I thought you were just like, ah, oh, no, it just came to me. <laughs> no, no. Oh, well, and Taylor and I want the pop, pop music route for our names. Mine's mm. older than yours, though, Taylor. Yeah, you know the my my kids went to the Taylor Swift movie, and so there's been a lot of it in the house lately. Did you <laughs> also go to the Taylor Swift movie? I did not know. I had a I had a prior engagement. You had a thing. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no friendship bracelets for you. Well, they had a bunch, and oh. with my name on them too, which is great. So I've got a lot of Taylor bracelets now. All right. <laughs> Very nice. Yeah, it should be pretty easy for you to get name merch. Yeah. Nowadays, didn't used to be, but they, all of a sudden, <laughs> you're huge. We're everywhere. Nobody. I have a very hard time getting name merch. <laughs> It's just, uh, 
it's just not a common name. Did you always used to, uh, when you, when you were visiting places, Callie, did you, did you look on those, uh, in the gift shops for the license plates, the little mini license plates oh, yeah. with your name on them. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then I was never able to find one. Oh, um, my my sister-in-law had one specially made for me as an adult. Aww. Nice. Which is very sweet. That? Well, um, if it's that uncommon, maybe you can get it on your real license plate. Oh, yeah. Upside. Okay, okay. And then <laughs> I, I also heard Taylor go... Uh, it's it's a little more common in in our world now the Cali Linux, right? And you, I know I've asked this before. I just have to. You promised me it's pronounced Cali Linux, right? That's how I pronounce it. Okay, I just did it. Why? Didn't, some people yeah. spell spell their name my way, and they're like, I pronounce it Kaylee. Uh, no, that's def- that's not the Linux, and it's also not Kali Linux. Nope. No, you're fine. Cool, 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 cool. Do they have merch? <laughs> yes well i don't know they have that that dragon logo it's kind of okay fun. all right we can work with that you know what we can, we work, can with work with that because i was born in the year of the dragon oh yes it's all coming together wow it's sometimes things this is like we're out. living in a dan brown book <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh my goodness well we should we should talk about well, i mean we are talking about infosec but we yeah, should. anytime we talk about Cali, we're talking about InfoSec. Mm-hmm. We are, but we I guess we should when talk about... When you say Cali, you're saying InfoSec. Cali! <laughs> InfoSec! <laughs> <sighs> we're, uh, yes, but we're, we, we could talk about Fancy Bear. Um, so, the hacking group that's uh, associated with Russia's military intelligence agency um, has purportedly been spying on uh, French universities, businesses. (gasps) (gasps) Sacre bleu. (laughs) Sacre bleu. Sacre bleu. Think tanks, government agencies, um, according to a report from France's top cybersecurity agency. So, um, so Tim, um, as always, you love to start at the top. Uh, what, what do we know? It's a good place to start. It is always, it's so true. It is a good place to start. What, what do we know about Fancy Bear, a.k.a. APT28? Well, uh, are you ready for a bunch of names? Because this thing has more aliases than Fletch. What? <laughs> Fancy Bear, also called APT28 by Mandiant, called Sofa C Group by Kapsbersky, called Tsar Team by FireEye, called Strontium by Microsoft, and also going by Pondstorm and Sednit. <gasps> is a Russian cyber espionage group. Uh, that, that should be an Animaniac of, song. <laughs> that's right. Uh, that list uh, of names kind of points to the age of this group, not just because it's collected them over the years like souvenirs, but uh, all of these they names. have little mini license plates uh, that I they know. keep in their houses with all those different names on them. I wonder, like, all of these different names, like, there's, like, enough names they could do their own We Didn't Start the Fire <laughs> yeah or uh end of the world as we know it yep um they they could uh, i think so and you know i think that's an artifact of when it was just starting to become really commonplace to characterize and identify these apt groups 
uh, there was like this land rush to come up with your own special name for them. And then there are, you know, some of the major vendors just have their, uh, their rules for how they come up with them. Like Microsoft, it's Strontium. So they have, they, they name them after elements. Dragos names them after sort of similar to elements, but they're specific alloys that are used in like manufacturing processes and stuff. So, um, but, also Microsoft changed theirs, right? Yeah, they changed them about what six months ago or a year ago or something like that. Yeah, but also yeah, like right. at a certain point, you're going to run out of elements, though, right? And they maybe that was their yeah, thing. it might yeah, it could have been. So uh, so anyway, I mean, this is sort of an artifact of how old this group is and how long it's been around, but also just that in I don't know, you know, ten years ago when a lot of these names for Fancy Bear came along. Uh, I think there was more of a rush by different vendors and so forth to put their names out there for them. And now it seems like there's a little bit less of that. I think people have realized that it's not doing anybody in the community any favors to have like 20 different names for some actor group. So I think it's settled down a little bit. But at any rate, there's like, talking about, oh, has, go ahead. Which culture has like 100 different words for snow? Yeah, I saw that sort of semi debunked. Uh, oh no! In that it's yeah, it's they they I forget. Well, I look it okay, I'll just <laughs> file that under yeah. Pluto. Pluto's not a planet anymore either. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 less disappointing than the Pluto thing. I think true. But. It was just so poetic. It was, yeah. But I'm sorry, well, I keep interrupting you. No, that's okay. That's quite okay. We never digress here on Breaking no. Badness. So, never. so at any rate, uh, Callie, as you said in the intro, it's pretty generally accepted that this APT group is the work of the GRU, which amounts to Russia's version of the CIA. So that makes sense, right? Their spy agency has an espionage arm working in cyberspace. Uh, and to say a little more about them, I'm just going to, quote Wikipedia here, since I can't do a better job of stating this, likely operating since the mid 2000s, uh, Fancy Bear's methods are consistent with the capabilities of state actors. The group targets government, military and security organizations, especially trans-Caucasian and NATO aligned states. Fancy Bear is thought to be responsible for cyber attacks on the German parliament, the Norwegian parliament, the French television station uh, TV Saint Monde the White House, NATO, the Democratic National Committee, the Organization for Security and Cooperation in Europe, and the campaign of French presidential candidate Emmanuel Macron. It's so, not a low-level uh, targets. Yeah, just minor stuff, right? Yeah. And so they, these guys have a lot of, uh, sorry, not sorry, fancy tools at their disposal. Uh, like, uh, undoubtedly, they have a lot of zero days that have not seen the light of day as yet. Uh, since they have the resources to go out and develop them. So to sum it all up, this is a famous APT for good reasons. Uh, they've inflicted a lot of harm and still have the potential to do so. And incidentally, the name Fancy Bear, out of all those different names we were talking about, that one comes from the mind of one Dmitry Alperovich, who many listeners might recognize as the founder of CrowdStrike. Oh, wow. Uh, hmm. I saw... Uh, Tay mentioned this in the chat, and I just have to say it out loud. We must resist the urge to make minions jokes. <laughs> <laughs> it's too easy. Every time you say GRU. GRU, it's great. Where's Kevin and Bob? 
<laughs> That's right. They have names. I forgot about that. <laughs> but um, this, so this article that that we're going to link in our show notes, you know, it indicated that the hackers, you know, compromised devices that weren't closely monitored, like routers. Um, so I'm wondering, you know, is not routinely monitoring routers something that a lot of entities don't do, or is it a specific instance for for the victims here? Well. Okay, so for big organizations, they're going to have tons of routers, you know, hundreds or thousands of them. So it's a lot to keep track of, which isn't to say that they shouldn't be monitored. But um, and some of these routers, and these are the ones that are, I don't know if they're most likely to hit, but they, in, in a way, they're most likely to hit are the ones that by design sit outside of the firewall, because guess what, the firewall's got to get its packets somewhere, right, or send its packets somewhere. So um, these are, by definition, external unfirewalled routers. And if you've ever done a packet sniff on a routable IP address exposed to the internet, then you know that it gets absolutely hammered with all kinds of things, scans and probes and whatnot. It's just filthy out there. So uh, it is important that those external routers, but also the internal ones, be locked down uh, as much as possible. These things all have management consoles and they have the ability to send log messages and so forth. So it is possible to monitor their health, um, but it's a lot to keep track of. And also, uh, I, uh, I don't know how widely organizations, frankly, do monitor the health of their routers. I actually don't, it's not something that's come up in conversation a whole ton. Um, and it's also worth saying that some of the routers involved here may have been less guarded uh, ones, like the home routers of people that are targets of interest for them. The brand Ubiquity came up in our article that we're linking to. And uh, a lot of businesses use Ubiquity gear, for, as particularly for Wi-Fi access, but they also have big chunks of the home and small business markets. So um, it's safe to say that uh, APT28 could have compromised routers in a bunch of different environments. Is ubiquity ubiquitous? They kind of are. All right. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, if uh, so, yeah, like like uh, you had said, Tim, you, you're not sure how many people are monitoring their routers, and again, we are standing by. Uh, if you'd like to call, if you'd like to tell us, if you're operators are standing by, tell us yeah. if you are monitoring your router today. <laughs> Really, I'm just trying so hard to get like a fa like a fancy old fashioned phone. Just so call someone up. Hey, is your router running? <laughs> you better go and catch it. it. <laughs> <sighs> oh man, with caller ID, that really killed the uh, the prank call industry. It kind of did, especially because when caller ID first came along, it wasn't as easy to spoof numbers as it is now. I know, and it also like with cameras, ding dong ditch. That's game over, man. Game over. Right, right. And, but anyway, back to the task at hand. <laughs> Fancy Squirrel. Bear. Squirrel. <laughs> so Fancy Bear sent phishing emails from uh, compromised or leaked email accounts showing that phishing is still a tried and true method, uh, which we talk about in our, you know, in our webinars and, you know, certain blogs and papers. Um, so, Tim, I was hoping, can you expand for our listeners who maybe haven't taken a look at those, you know, be, what what it means. All that those things we've output about this? Yeah. Yes, and sure. And this is one of those points that I like to hammer home on the regular. 
Fishing outpaces ransomware. Fishing outpaces ransomware. <laughs> hey, Callie, I mean, in the race yeah. between fishing and ransomware, do you know which one wins? I can give you a hint. It's the one of those two things that is not ransomware. <laughs> but, but is it it's ransomware? Not <laughs> it's not just phishing. So that was an initial incursion vector for many of these attacks. But Strontium, uh, I'm just going to rotate through the different names uh, throughout okay. the story. Uh, pulled out a bunch of the stops here, including using zero days as well as non-zero day unpatched exploits. They used Mimikatz to steal passwords once they were inside, etc. A lot of other tooling. So they, yes, they did fish, but that was just one part of everything they were doing. Every time we talk about how phishing outpaces ransomware, I just think about a scene from Family Guy where I think it's like cup in a ball that they're just like. Oh, like you, the family yeah. reunion game. Yeah. Like where you try to get like the, the ball to go into the cup that's on a string. And it's just like, it's true. The, you know. The, oh, I was thinking of something different. But yeah, oh, yeah, I, know, yeah. I know what you mean. It's like the the simple toys are the best. Mm. Unfortunately. Indeed. But what's the point of that toy that's the little paddle with the elastic band and the ball stuck to it that you just whack the ball and it never goes anywhere except back, you know? To what's make what's me the point of that game? To make me feel bad about myself. Oh, yeah, it is deceptively <laughs> challenging at first. I think Tay has an answer, though. No, I mean, when you get the ball in there, it's the best, right? <laughs> yeah, for the cup, And then, of the course, ball, nobody saw line, it. Yeah. yeah. And, of course, nobody saw it. Nobody and like, saw well, it. I did this. And I'm like, well, no, you didn't. And well, mm. I'll do it again, and then you cannot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, we are, like, we are in a mood the day before Halloween. <laughs> it's mischief night. <laughs> it is mischief night. Even though we're recording this during the day. It's well, mischief night it's somewhere. Night. Yes, there it is. Of course. So... Uh, so, so Tim, what what is Fancy Bear's goal in executing these attacks on their, you know, not very high profile victims? <laughs> right. Well, Callie, it's a cliche to refer to five dimensional chess, which, of course, is a reference to the three dimensional chess of Star Trek, the original series fame. But uh, the idea is that the player's tracking a lot of different strategic threats and goals that have interlocking effects so Russia and other large nations, Russia has intelligence goals connected to many Western and non-Western, for that matter, nations. And France is obviously a huge player in Europe. So Tsar team has strategic goals around collecting information as well as spreading disinformation in France. And uh, along with those strategic goals, the corresponding tactical goals of obtaining information about and from uh, specific individuals of interest. So uh, the, this, this article is about these attacks on France, but I don't think I'm going to surprise anybody in saying that this stuff is going on with you know, all the major Western powers being targets. Could we say Fancy Bears sees London, Fancy Bears sees France? Yes, but what do we say after that? I'm so not sure. I, <laughs> I feel like it involves underpants. It does. This is a family podcast, so we probably can't say too much about that. Um, and, I, and I could be mistaken. Um, no, but, I'm sure Fancy Bear does see London and France. Yes, for Bears sure. Bears do not wear underpants, though, like Winnie the Pooh. Just wears a they, shirt. That's a good point. He does just wear a shirt. 
Mm. Neither anyway. does the whichever bear won the fat bear competition. Did Cocaine Bear wear underpants? Probably not. He did not wear underpants. I doubt it. I don't know. You know. Did you guys see Cocaine Bear? I didn't, but can you believe that? That's actually based on a true story. I saw it. It was okay. <laughs> <laughs> like That the, the, the did really happen. A bear ate a lot of cocaine? Yes, but and the bear did not go rampaged. on a rampage oh, that, okay. that, that we're aware of. Yeah. Uh, it Unfortunately, it just died. Yeah, that oh. seems like the most likely thing to happen. It kind of does. <laughs> oh my god! But you could, but it, yeah, I think that movie is just like if we, but if it did, here's what that would look like. <laughs> so what? What is the more mellow version uh, that that led to the creation of Sharknado? Oh, it was just like one shark. Maybe. Ooh. A bunch of sharks, but it wasn't a tornado. Anyone? Maybe a shark got caught in like a water spout, you know? Yeah, that could be. Or maybe it was dogfish. That seems likely. Mm. Mm. Yeah. You know, there's a vacuum cleaner company called Shark. and I have a shark. Yeah, I have it. We have the regular vacuum cleaner and then we have their dust buster equivalent, which I always refer to as the dogfish. Since that's (laughs) a a little shark. I guess much hipper people probably call it the baby shark, but I'm not going there. <laughs> and we've gotten that in everybody's head listening to this podcast. That's social engineering, folks. <laughs> um, so in in this article, the way that I understood it, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, it seems like Fancy Bear also used brute force tactics to carry out their attacks. And I was just wondering, how often do groups like these use brute force anymore, would you say? Once because every 4.3 seconds. I Go knew on. you were going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> But it seems it just seems like it's a lot of time. Like Right. Yeah. Like why would you do that? Yeah. So I, I think the ultimate answer is it depends, right? So yeah. uh but well uh Pawn Storm is uh <laughs> has the resources to carry out computationally expensive brute forces. And what we mean here, by the way, is trying out large numbers of username and password combinations until they get the one that, that hits. I'd be relatively certain that there's also kind of a bootstrapping process going on where they can take certain nuggets of information that they already have about that target, which can narrow down the otherwise infinite namespace of possible combinations. Sort of like, you know, if you know somebody's pet and family member names and maybe their previous addresses or phone numbers, something like that, you've got the seeds for a lot of potential passwords, especially among the less cyber savvy among us. And so I'm guessing there's a decent amount of this going on uh, by the folks over at Sednit. So <laughs> I uh, expect that they're not, they're not doing that on every target. They don't have to. And on the ones that they do, they probably have a decent head start. Gotcha. Okay. So, um, this the title of this article said that France is accusing Fancy Bear. J'accuse. J'accuse. Sacre bleu. <laughs> they're, and they're, so they're sh- and they're showing. We've we've just tanked in France, by the way. I've oh, seen I would like caused our to listenership apologize to absolutely to all of our yes. French listeners on behalf of the yeah. co-hosts just, here. <laughs> just know that we make we make fun of ourselves more than anybody else. <laughs> yes, for sure, for sure. So, uh, je, what, je regrette. Yes. Did I say it right? Did I do it right? Yeah, I, know, I mean, more commonly you hear, je ne regrette rien. But yeah. yes, we, we do regret any offense yes. it may have caused to the nation of France and its inhabitants, whom we yes. love dearly. 
here at Breaking Badness. For sure. For sure. But so, but and so, like they're showing their proof with this article, but we still don't know if this is definitive, right? Well, it is pretty much accepted doctrine that we never call attribution definitive. Uh-huh. On Wednesdays we wear pink, and on all days we say that attribution is tricky and non-definitive. Gotcha. Uh, however, uh, yeah, it can be really challenging to see through all the layers of obfuscation. There have been false flag events that make it look like somebody else is behind this thing. That's not uncommon. But in the same breath where we're saying that attribution is hard, we also tend to say that well-resourced government intelligence or research agencies like ANSI in this case are the ones that are in the best position to carry out successful attribution. So I wouldn't stake my life on it, but I'd feel fairly confident going with ANSI's conclusion on this, that it is the SOFA C group that's behind these attacks. We're going to hit all the SEO. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Maybe that's why they have so many. Yeah, I don't know. Marketing. Yep. <laughs> so so are there are there next steps for victims in these attacks or is it really is this really just, you know, just something that we should be aware of? Yeah. So, well, for victims, there's obviously going to be a whole incident response process that's going on. At least I sure hope so, depending on what organization they work for and so forth, or what the uh, French law enforcement knows about what happened. So there's kind of, but it, it does amount in a lot of these cases to shutting the barn door after the horse is out, right? So um, they will make every effort not to get re-compromised. But unfortunately, when it's an espionage group, you know, it's not when it's your bank account or your credit card that they go after, right? Sometimes you can you can recover that money, you get a new credit card, all that stuff. Those kinds of cyber crime, financial crimes are re- reversible to a certain amount of extent uh, as a to a certain amount of extent, that's not an expression. Sorry. Anyway, um, those can be reversed in that you can get your funds back and that kind of thing. When it's espionage, that's different though, unless you're able to like successfully say, we were just kidding. We were using code names. All that information you stole is a hundred percent false, which that's probably not going to work. So, um, but we could it's, try. it's a little tough in this case to say there are other than, Make sure it doesn't happen again. You know, take care of all the the uh, blocking and tackling that maybe wasn't as good as it should have been, uh, leading to the compromise in the first place. I don't have a great encouraging message for how the folks that have already been compromised by this recover from it. Okay, and that's fine. We can we can we can keep going which i think actually this leads us nicely into our hoodie rating and if you are a newer listener the hoodie rating is something we do after we talk about each article rating it uh from one to ten hoodies if you think of the stereotypical hacker in a hoodie one is not very bad at all and ten is this is pretty devastating so i'll start with taylor you know having heard all this information um what would you rate this this as from I, one to ten i you know in, in a lot of ways this is a story that could have been written five years ago six in fact it was written five or six years ago right i i uh, remembered the macron election uh fishing domains that you know were tied to a ton of other related stuff within our data set um 
back back in the days of of who is <laughs> when, uh, when we were able to pull it from the region right so this is in a lot of ways nothing new i guess it's super, i should be expected for the folks that um you know picked up this activity it's like the you know death and taxes <laughs> and, <laughs> and fancy bear targeting european government organizations um so you know from a hoodie perspective it almost it's not that it doesn't rate right it's a it's a 10 out of 10 hoodie event for anyone on the other end of it um you know but in terms of like the like the overall landscape i don't know that it's super new or but you know give it uh give them a good 3.33 repeating hoodies just for still being out there getting gotcha. into the headlines it's still out there doing stuff yeah okay 3.33 repeating Jerks. What, is, <laughs> what about what about you tim well as it turns out to be the case in so many of these stories the perspective on this really turns out to have a lot to do with whether you're being targeted or not right so the 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 planet gun from the Death Star was a really big threat if you're Alderaan, but it's not a huge threat if you're Earth, let's say. Uh, so if you're France right now, this is a pretty big threat to you. If you are a blue teamer in the United States, it's not necessarily a big threat to you or just as a, a U.S. citizen or North America in general. Don't want to leave out our Canadian friends or our Mexican friends, or any of our friends, actually, who aren't France. Please be uh, our friend. At the moment, this doesn't, we're not hearing about, but remember what I said before, like the, they're operating against all of us. They're not just operating against France. It just happens that we have some good work by ANSI uh, spelling this out and explaining what's going on. So I'm going to put it a little bit higher only because of the sophistication of the tools that they have. And, you know, when they, when they turn their eye on somebody else, that somebody else is going to get hit um, to some extent. So I'm going to put it at about a five. Um, yeah, let's just, let's leave it at a five. Okay. Going with my trend of more often than not integer hoodies, although not every single time. <laughs> I get, it's totally fine. All right. Well, thank you, Tim, for, for walking us through that. We are going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we're going to talk about Home of the Swapper with Taylor. So please stay tuned and we'll be right back. Hey there, Breaking Badness listener. Tim from the team here wishing you a fine morning, afternoon, evening, or overnight. Whenever it is that you listen, we're glad that you do. And since we don't advertise the show with billboards or inflatable dancing tube men or matchbooks, will you consider helping spread the word as a Breaking Badness agent in the world? We would be honored if you did. And along with that, if you're enjoying the show, will you take a minute or two, maybe even while the second half is playing, to give us a quick rating and even a review on your favorite podcast platform? Thanks in advance, and now let's get back to the episode. And we're back. Everybody have a nice rejuvenating break? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Went to the spa, went to the beach, went to the swim-up bar. I went then I to the up, mountains. Unfortunately. I went to something. <laughs> Boy, now there's a blast from the past. 
I mean, the Indigo Girls were everywhere for two or three years. So, well, they, and they were brought back in the Barbie movie. <laughs> right, right. They're in the Barbie movie? Yeah. Oh. Yep, they are. I, now I got to see it. Have you yeah. guys not seen the Barbie movie? No, I have. Okay, good. I remember that. But Taylor. I have not seen any movies, <gasps> though, so it's not uh, a knock on any particular movie. I, you know, I, I don't see movies very often, or if at all. I went to the movies 16 weeks in a row. Wow. Wow. But I go on Cheap Tuesday. My husband said that's really, he's like, that's really important to tell people. (laughs) 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 He's like, don't, it's not like we have all this money. (laughs) So this is interesting uh, because we don't get, we don't get to talk to people like you that often, at least that we know about that go to the movies 16 weeks in a row, whether it's Cheap Tuesday or not. So Here's the question. If you're really that committed to that and you're going that often, yeah. how often are you disappointed? Like, what, what would you say is the hit rate, the success rate, or the Ooh. failure rate when you're going to the movies that steadily? Okay. I'm so glad you asked this because I think I have the answer. Do you have I, a spreadsheet? I don't. It's not a spreadsheet. <laughs> I just write them down in my journal like a nerd. <laughs> That's almost as good. <laughs> Better. Um, all right, I didn't like this one. This one. No, I like I liked that one. It's this one. <laughs> um, this one. So out of the sixteen, I d- I didn't totally care for three of them. What is? Can somebody quickly That's do the good. math? Three sixteen. Three that's oh, I should be able to convert th- that because it's a drill bit size, and you, three, know, you have three sixteen the decimals. Eighty one percent of the time, you you like the movie. Oh, that's pretty good. Right, that's not bad. That's a, and especially since it's Cheap Tuesday. Cheap that's Tuesday. That's reasonable. You're not not feeling like you're hemorrhaging money on bad movies. Oh yeah, like and do, do you guys want to know the bad ones? Yeah. Yes. Okay. All right. They're not terrible, but it's just like I. If I had to do it again, I wouldn't see them in the theater. So we're looking at Asteroid City by Wes Never Anderson. By Wes Anderson, it just lacked plot. Hmm. Um, I thought is Wes Anderson <laughs> really about plot? Yeah, it, it's just about it's, vibes. He sort of is, but sort of you, not. But you know, it's interesting that you say that because we, t- my husband and I, talked about this. It was more about the aesthetic than anything else, which is fine, totally fine. Um, but that, that's not why everybody goes to movies. Okay, right. Asteroid City, that was one. Um, Asteroid City, you hurt my feelings with Lu- Julia Louis-Dreyfus. It just kind of felt like the plot there could have been on a sitcom, but not Seinfeld and not mm. Beef. <laughs> a sitcom that was less good. <laughs> yes. <laughs> not, not any of her other sitcoms. And then I put the new Haunted Mansion. I didn't hate it, but it was like a B, and I kind of felt like, in this very quick Breaking Badness has become about movies. Um, <laughs> I'll just say I didn't love it. So those are the three. All right. <laughs> maybe this I'll is, just. This is great information to have. I mean, I'll put it. Maybe I could put it in the show notes. That's These right. are the movies yeah. I, did, I did like. Maybe we should have a weekly movie review in the show notes. My favorite. <laughs> I love Barbie. I loved Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret. 
Oh, I almost watched and, that on a plane. Maybe I'll watch it next time. Oh, it was so good. And theater camp. Theater camp was so good. Anyway. That sounds fun. <laughs> what was the most middle of the road movie? The most middle of the road yeah, movie. Yeah, right in the middle. Oh, that's a good question. Oh, boy. Out of this list. I would say Haunted Mansion felt very middle of the road. Yeah. Um, and that, and so, yeah, so I didn't hate it, but I wouldn't pay for it again. I didn't have to pay for still the documentary about, um, shoot. I can't remember his name. (laughs) Oh, I'll remember it randomly later, but it was a documentary that was showing on Hulu, but I went to the art house because I need to ensure that it stays open. So I just try to give them my money. Um, what's the, uh, popcorn situation like? So I get a kid's box. Oh my God. We've really yeah. derailed. <laughs> I'm just interested now. <laughs> I, I get it. I don't do it every week, but I would get a kid's box because it's the exact amount of popcorn I want. And you also get a, a drink and a candy. And at my theater, it's $7 That's for, it's a bargain because if you just get a small popcorn, it's also $7 with no drink. So mm-hmm. I learned this trick from some nice elderly women. Uh, and I was like, what do you have there? And they're like, it's a kid's box. And I was like, I could get the kid's box. So you're buying it for your kid who's already in the theater. They don't know whether you cr- have a kid or not. It's crazy. Nobody checks. Nobody cares. <laughs> All right. Uh, hope our info I will say that Popcorn Talk is on brand for a Domain Tools podcast. Domain Tools is headquartered across the street from uh, the once and future Cinerama movie theater. Really? Ho- home of very famous uh, chocolate popcorn. Uh, it's yeah. deadly. You just, I mean, it's, you, real good. it's got. A, it's real good. And it's like it's got a tractor beam. You can smell it to from make another Star Wars outside, yeah, and you're like, I want to go in there and eat all the yep. popcorn. And when I, you do go in there, you are not going to make the healthy choice that day. Pretty much guaranteed. I have to go there. I have to. Oh, I, I need to make a trip out to Seattle. Hopefully. So it is a, a Paul Allen, uh, like pet project of his. And then, you know, when he passed away, it went in. It's had kind of an uncertain uh, future. But I think the city has stepped up and worked with someone to you know get it back up and going. I think it was the last I heard. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Also, I think I heard the same. Also, Hope so. Um, before I forget again, Michael J. Fox. That documentary is about Michael J. Fox. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. I oh, just, I'm like, yeah. I have to close the loop on that. <laughs> um, okay, we should. I could talk about this forever, <laughs> but we should talk about Home of the Swapper. What a great, that's fantastic. I really, I must say both of you, I love both of your articles that you chose um, for, for, you know, different reasons. Uh, This one, so this one is um, about hackers who connected to the comm are working with ransomware group, group ALFV, which is uh, difficult to say. Um, and, And that's impacted some of the biggest companies in the world, including, you know, the MGM casinos. Um, so, uh, Taylor, I had to actually look up what a SIM swapper was. I was um, unaware and a new fear unlocked. But, um, 
very quickly for our listeners, can you share what, what a SIM swapper is? For sure. So, you know, in your phone, uh, you know, it could be electronic or it could be a little physical uh, chip. There is a, a SIM card that is an identifier to the network that tells the network, hey, I am I am this phone. I am, and, and this is, you know, the give me my phone Subscriber identity module for those playing along. Bingo. Yes. Sorry. Subscriber. Right? Yes. Um, subscriber identity module. And that tells the, the network who you are. So if I can go on the network side and get them to take the subscriber identity module like number that I'm looking at right now that you don't know about and then replace yours with it, then all of a sudden I have your phone number. And if I have your phone number, I can do all kinds of interesting things like force password resets and SMS resets and, uh, you know, gain access to accounts that you have, uh, you know, starting with mail, uh, you know, and then branching out and, and for these folks you know, hunting for uh, crypto wallets and, and anywhere that someone might be holding Bitcoin, uh, you know, that they could steal. Gotcha. Okay. And how, how prevalent would you say SIM swapping is these days? I, I looked this up. So uh, in 2021, the FBI had about 1,600 reports of Ooh. SIM swapping. Um, so, you know, I think we can extrapolate. Two years prior to that, it was only 300. So it's definitely on the, the upswing. Um, you know, I think in general, there is a push away from SMS uh, two-factor auth, which is, is helpful. But, you know, I think even still, this will be a thing. Um, you know, just being able to pretend to be someone's device on the network is uh, going to put someone in an advantage. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. So the group working with Alfie is called the com, which includes aforementioned SIM swappers <laughs> and and physically violent criminals. Yeah. Criminals. That should physically be physically violent criminals. I don't know um, what it means, but it should be a word. It yeah. should be a word. Um, what else do we know about the com? Yeah, the com. So, you know, this report is from 404 Media. I should give a big shout out. 404 Media is phenomenal. A lot of great folks working there putting out uh, these, these fantastic stories. Uh, and so they've been tracking down the com, uh, as it were, for a little while now. And so the com tends to be, looks like a, a loosely affiliated group of Discord servers and telecam, telegram, uh, you know, chat channels and uh you know places where criminals cyber and otherwise congregate uh and you know share best practices or uh you know post pictures of things they've stolen or you know all kinds of things right there because we're dealing with literal teenagers <laughs> in a lot of sense so we're, we're seeing like you know not some not great decision making um you know in terms of operational security on there <laughs> with folks uh and you know other behavior terrible terrible things that you see on there right so um you know the com tends to be this kind of meetup group in affiliated with the com was another group called acg so you know even within the com this was a, a specific group and, and that particular group was tied to uh ransomware and uh they're were one of the folks that were arrested a few weeks back um in france was affiliated with that that part kind of inside the com, right? So you have this very loosely affiliated uh, thing called the com that has all these different channels and, and hangouts. Um, and then even inside of there, you have smaller groups. A lot of stuff going on in France right now. All the time. All the time. So so what about 
this partnership is so unusual. That's something that 404 Media had mentioned, that it's it's an odd relationship. It's odd, or maybe it's new and kind of a sign of things to come, probably more likely to that than anything else. Uh, you know, I think what the uh, what they're noticing here is the kind of um, the overlap of physical kind of street crime uh, organization and cyber crime. So, you know, it's like, hey, I'll steal. I'll have someone go beat you up and get your password out of you. Right. Um, you know, I don't need to like it's, there's an XKCD article or, you know, comic for this, of course, where it's like, hey, am I going to spend a ton of money on a bunch of GPUs to crack your password or am I going to spend eight dollars on a wrench and hit you with it until you give it to me? Um, you know, that is becoming more of a reality. Uh, and you're kind of seeing the the stuff bleed into the physical world. Um, which, yeah, I mean, it, that's you, like it's part of this kind of mechanization of cybercrime where the different aspects of it are getting parceled off um, to groups that are good at it, right? So your initial access groups are now going to kind of branch off, you know, because they do lots of social engineering and that's going to naturally fit with the folks who are doing a little more kind of in-person social engineering, if you will. Um, and then, you know, that will spill out as these groups get in fights with each other as well. So that that's, um, you know... It's all kind of bleeding into the real world. No, that's fun. <laughs> they say sarcastically. <laughs> um, so, so is this information about the com working with Alfie something to be mindful of? Or are there next steps that we need to be considering? You know, I think for the defender mindset, uh, yeah. you may need to open up the aperture of what you think someone is possible of doing in, in terms of how they get in touch with people in your organization. Um, so, you know, you, and you defenders need... also need to, like, start to physically defend. <laughs> yeah, everyone's taking Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. Everybody now, all the blue teams. <laughs> because everybody, everybody. Get was, the dojo. Yeah, everybody was Kung Fu fighting. <laughs> Uh, there is a lot of Brazilian jiu-jitsu among the uh, blue team community and probably the red team good. community too, which is getting oh, out so ahead of it. Cool. Oh, so they're getting out it. ahead of it. Yeah, they're up for the challenge. Okay. <laughs> We're ready. We're ready, guys. Now, um, <laughs> I, you know, I think it, you know maybe when you're doing your tabletops, you might need to include an aspect of this of like, hey, what would we do if someone had kidnapped an employee and you know we're using their access? Um, you know that. Maybe maybe that's been always been on the table for some folks, I'm sure, at a certain level. But then when you have more and more folks have higher levels of access, uh, like, oh, now my desktop support folks are able to get into my flat network uh, and, and see a lot of stuff and potentially do something there, they, you know, your, your kind of risk modeling needs to change a little bit. You know what? I didn't have that in our uh, crisis communications plan of... Uh what what to do in case somebody is kidnapped from the company but i should i'm gonna go back and fill, <laughs> fill that in here's the protocol of what happens should somebody get kidnapped <laughs> but anyway, yeah all right so i i'm gonna go right into our hoodie rating i i feel like i know what i want to rate this <laughs> but tim from one to ten hoodies what would you rate this as well First off, I'm going to start with a little aside, which is that just today, my wife was a SIM swapper. Um, but don't worry, don't send the uh, paddy wagon right now. She was actually doing it for legitimate reasons with her own phone um, in order to have a plan that works in both the U.S. and Canada. 
But um, this is a growing problem and it's hard for a lot of folks to do anything about. And so I think, you know, if we, if we pull out uh, a little bit more, uh, if we back up the view a little bit, open the aperture, as we like to say these days, um, I find this one kind of worrisome. I'm going to, and it's boring to repeat it, but I just happen to feel like this is also kind of a five hoodie. Let's say it's 5.001 hoodies, which means I think there's a little trace of drawstring in there, mm. kind of lying on the floor next to the complete hoodie. Okay. The, the fifth complete hoodie. Excellent. Excellent. Indeed. What about you, Tay? I'm going to go exactly five hoodies. Oh, <laughs> you. Right down the Ah, middle. the old swapper. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is home of the swapper. It's, you know, closest to without going over. <laughs> Price is right. Okay. You guys aren't, for me, I'm just like, oh, physical violence, 10 out of 10. <laughs> Again, we haven't, you know, we haven't seen this outside, right? The the physical violence from this, I, I want just to be, sh just to be sure, no, <laughs> has been, you know, folks of the comm attacking each other um, okay. and kidnapping okay. each other, right? But, uh, you know, as an organization, if you see that, if they're willing to do that, then that's a line, right? They're crossing that line and, and you know, maybe should kind of think they're, about that. They're pretty unscrupulous. <laughs> I, no yeah. honor among thieves. We've said that before. True. So, no honor among thieves. That sounds like a direct to DVD version of Aladdin. Aladdin three. Prince. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We can I, cut that out. They're not all winners. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, okay. Well, th thank you so much, Taylor. Um, before we uh, before we exit for today, what what do you guys say about playing some gold guidance and grievances inverted? As long as we don't do it in that order, we do not do it in that order. <laughs> so if you're again, if you're a newer listener, um, we like to, you know, end the show uh, talking about you know anything good could could be within the industry, could not like you know just stuff like we find interesting, something good, something we might have advice for, anything that's grinding our gears. Um, and a few episodes ago, we decided um, we have to do it in verse because uh, it's a bummer ending on a grievance. So, um, Taylor, we'll start with you. Yeah, for this, uh, I kind of just picked one overarching article for all three of my my G's. Uh, and I want to call my segment. I can't even right now um, because I, a few weeks back, uh, a one of the first GTLD spaces to really the first one to kind of uh, declare GTLD bankruptcy in a way uh, it happened. So dot Desi is a TLD space GTLD that was reserved in the GTLD rush. Um, and the kind of ownership org of it has not been able to get it off the ground financially. So, uh, you know, they haven't picked up enough registrations in the zone to pay off the ICANN fees uh, on a yearly basis. And so they've uh, kind of returned it uh, for the time being over to ICANN uh, as a part of the emergency backend registry operator programmer, Ibero, 
for short. Uh, and I just, I found this fascinating because we're in domain land. So these things are really interesting. It's never happened before. Not necessarily super security related. Although if you saw a ton of .desi phishing domains pop up, that might mean. I was just going to say, like, I don't think they made any of our 10 t top 10 lists in the domain tools report. No, never. There's only about 1900 domains in the space that have been reserved. So it's a really small TLD. Uh, but, you know, it, this is the first one of these GTLDs to end up in this program. So it's a little fascinating to look at for like, hey, how, you know, what does this mean when one of these things starts to, you know, get taken over by ICANN again? Uh, you know, are there any security things that could happen there? Who knows? Uh, very unlikely, right? Obviously, you know, the ICANN taking it over means that, um, you know, it's in good hands from a receivership perspective right now. But, um, you know, it'll be interesting to keep an eye on here as this uh, evolves. Gotcha. All right. Thanks, Tay. Yeah. What are, What about you, Tim? What are, what are your gold guidance and grievances? Well, first of all, Tay, that's very innovative. So a little bit of gold, a little bit of guidance, a little mm -hmm. bit of grievance in all of that. What the guidance, I guess, is keep your, just block that TLD. Even though there's Probably. only 1,900 domains, you're not likely to have, just, just block them all. Yeah. You're not going to help this Right now, you could go get. register one for 10 years. So you can go reserve a .desi for 10 years and then really, really be a thorn in the side of somebody there. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hope somebody registered the domain Lucy and. Oh, .desi, come on. All right, I'm going to go mm -hmm. check. Be right back. <laughs> yeah, go get it if you can. All right. So for mine, I'm going a little more traditional route and I've got three of these. So my uh, grievance is a statement by the billionaire Stephen Schwartzman saying that you all didn't work hard enough during COVID uh, during the lockdown and work from home. And so he's sort of tisking uh, his finger at everybody. And uh, I hate that attitude. And I know that I know that our own employer is not the only one that has seen things go really great under work from home. Like we're doing better than we've ever done. And uh, I, kn I know that I talk to a lot of people who work at other companies, it's the same way. So it's really discouraging to see those to see those kinds of comments out there. And by the way, there's plenty of data to back up that he's just flat out wrong. I think there are just a lot of folks who are, for whatever reason, and it's not just people who are holding a lot of office real estate in big cities um, that are down on remote work. But you know, they're, I think they're on the wrong side of history. So that's my grievance. My guidance uh, it has to do with a recently uncovered vulnerability in Gmail on iOS devices. And um, so go read up on this. And long story short, you probably don't want to be using a browser like the Safari browser on your iPhone to access your Gmail because it's, uh, it's compromisable. So uh, it seems to be okay if you're just using the native uh, iOS email client that's connecting into a Gmail account. We'd, I, I can't say that's 100% for sure, but it looks like that's probably okay. Um, and do use the uh, lockdown mode in your phone, which is probably just good guidance anyway. And then my gold, uh, Andy Greenberg at Wired uh, comes through again with a really interesting story uh, in this case about some folks who were able to crack uh, a USB drive that contained 
at least as of when he wrote the article, $235 million of Bitcoin. But then as the headline says, and then things got weird. So I won't uh, give any spoilers, but check out that article in Wired. Excellent. I'm going to have to link that in our show notes. Awesome. Well, thank thank you both for your for your gold guidance and grievances. This was Andy great. Greenberg this was a- is just basically gold all the time. I mean, he, yeah. he's such a great writer about this space. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, this yeah, this has been a great episode. I've had a lot of fun talking to you both today. You both both picked really fast. Not that you don't always pick great articles, but I've especially enjoyed uh, reading reading this week's. Which is great. So, so thank you to our listeners for being here. Thank you, Tim and Tay, for for your insights. And uh, we, it'll be November first when this comes out. But we hope everybody has a great Halloween if you're celebrating. And we will be back next week for another episode of Breaking Badness. Au revoir. Au revoir. Bye. That's about all we have for this week. You can find us on Twitter at Domain Tools. All of the articles and IOCs mentioned today will be included in our blog post, which can be found at DomainTools.com slash resources slash podcasts. Catch us every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific time when we publish our podcast and blog. We'll see you next week on another episode of Breaking Badness. Until then, remember, don't drink and click.